your host, Ellis Hammond, another incredible guest with us today. Really excited to bring him on. Uh, he is a leader, a, a chief revenue officer, owner of a very large plastic corporation company, and has really uh, been on the front lines of leading a business through COVID-19 and really you know, understands this idea of the call of leadership. Uh, in, in business and of course a follower of Jesus and loves the Lord and so really really excited to have uh, a man of experience and wisdom on the show with us today so without further ado let's welcome Mr. Alex Hoffer. Thank you Ellis it's a pleasure to be here. Yeah man well welcome to the show so real quick before we get in like tell our audience a little bit about kind of where you are in the world uh, and then what you are um, really about your company you know we're, we're going to get into it a lot but give us the, the 30,000 foot view so we have a little idea of who you are. So 30,000 foot view, I am first a follower of Jesus Christ, most important thing. Um, I am married to Sarah um, and we have three kids. And so um, two boys and a, a little girl who owns me. And um, so those are, you know, kind of in that order of priority. Um, then there's work and, and work for us is a family business in South Elgin, Illinois. For your listeners, that's about a... Um, our drive west of downtown Chicago. So um, family-run business, my sisters and I are co-leading the business and we are third generation owners. Um, so uh, it is a family first business. And what that means is um, we wanna treat all of our people, all 300 plus uh, team members as part of the family and have that family environment. So, um, you know, 30,000 foot view, those are the things that matter most. Hey, I'm curious, man, just because I'm out here in California and there's been talk of, you know, the mass exodus out of California and Chicago sometimes gets kind of roped in some of these same conversations with policies and government. I mean, I'm curious just for as a business owner where you stand, just your outlook on even kind of your local market and, and what's happening there. Well, there's you look at Illinois and Illinois continues to lead, I believe, the uh, country and people exiting. Um, wow. So it is a true challenge for us. Uh, it, you know, hiring the right people is always a challenge for a business owner. Um, we're seeing just the numbers kind of dwindle down. And it's something that, um, you know, as I like to say to people, uh, you know, I, one of my favorite hobbies is golf. And because of the state we live in, you know, we're playing from the quote unquote back tees as opposed to some of our friends who have more friendly economic policies in their states. Indiana comes to mind, even Wisconsin up into the north comes to mind. Um, they're playing from from a set of tees a little bit advanced. And the course is a little bit easier, um, so uh, that's a probably a loaded topic. But I, of course, yeah. as a business owner, I'm, I'm I'm very opinionated about our unfriendly economic policies in the state of Illinois. Well, we're we're neighbors when it comes to that, my friend. So um, maybe we could get into a whole other topic about that, but we won't go down that road. But I am curious. I was just interest, interested to hear. Um, your thoughts there so great man well uh alex before we pray or let me do this let me pray for us man then i want to hear uh, a little bit about hoffer's plastics and you know what we've talked about pre-show which i'm so excited to get into this idea idea today is just the call of a leader right now i mean heck man how you know we thought we would be out of this covid thing you know and i mean, feel like man are we beating a dead horse but here's the thing like you know, people are waiting to get back to normal. And I think what we both realize is, hey, as leaders, especially in our business, we have to start thinking ahead for a new normal. Amen? Amen. 
And it's time, you know, for us to really put the old aside and say, hey, how do we really prepare and begin to think for the future? And so really excited to have you on to talk about that, the mindset that that takes, um, and then really what you're doing in your company for that. So let me just pray for us, man, and we'll get going. God, we're so grateful for this time. Um, we're thankful that you you have prepared us through your spirit, um, through your word, uh, for a time like this, that we are the leaders, God, that you've called to to really lead your people um, in this country into uh, into new new ways, new opportunities, and Lord, hopefully back to you. And uh, so I just pray for this conversation with Alex, uh, that you would bless it, that anyone listening that's under our voices today would be blessed by it, to be encouraged, inspired, uplifted, give them perseverance in all that they're they're dealing with as well. And so I, I lift that up in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. All right, man. So speak to us. So tell us a little bit about what uh kind of who it is that you serve and kind of the mission of your business uh, there in Illinois. So I try to think of, you know, a succinct way to explain kind of what we do. And um, I think the, the easiest way to, to describe what we do to people is just, um, you know, we've noticed that most businesses lose time and money uh, managing their supply chain. A lot of times it's a low cost supply chain. And so at Hoffer Plastics, all we do is manufacture, design plastic parts that, um, that really take care of all that and allow customers to focus rather than their supply chain, focus on their business and, and growing their profits. Um, we've adopted Donald Miller's belief that the customer is the hero and we're simply the guide, you know, in their story. Um, and, and so these are all, you know, I'm sure people listening to this podcast have, have, have read, you know, different thoughts around, you know, marketing and sales, but it's really a core belief for us. And so, it doesn't matter what industry we serve. We happen to serve about five industries. So you can find our parts, you know, when you go to a restaurant, um, we're um, a supplier of Coca-Cola, for example, on uh, the fountain drinks. You can find our parts in a um, lawnmower engine. We make carburetors and fuel tanks. Uh, we're growing our business in appliance. And I've actually had a, a background in um, not on the engineering side, but on the sales side of developing some proprietary products for the squeezable, flexible pouches, particularly in yogurt. So um, we've been very involved in all that. And it's to, to us, the, the why is always around helping um, customers improve their lives through manufacturing, because we just see that um, manufacturing allows people to do that. And we're, you know, on maybe a little biased towards that, but when you go to places across the country and, and see uh, what manufacturing does for human beings, I believe there's a true calling, mm. Christ-honoring calling to that. First guy on the show to talk about the kingdom and advancing in, in, in the value of manufacturing. That's why I love this, man. I love seeing guys who are really passionate about their craft and can see God at work, even in things like manufacturing. Um, let me ask you this. Alex, there's two questions I want to talk about change here. First, because you said you and your family is third generation, you and your sisters now are managing this. The biggest change or shifts that you and your, you know, I guess sisters right now are implementing in the business. I mean, is it, hey, just we're doing the same things or are there, is there a new direction or even new pivot in growing or scaling the business uh, as it sits right now under your leadership? Yeah, so we spent... Um, I'll answer the question with a little backstory. We spent the last couple of years just working through um, 
just a succession plan. Um, my dad, God bless him, he's still here. He is, um, you know, he, he, he saw it from his father. His father, our grandfather, was the founder, founded the business in 1953 and really worked here until the end. So, I mean, he was the typical mm-hmm. entrepreneur. Like, this was his baby, wasn't going to leave. Um, so my dad, second generation, passed the torch to us. And um, my sisters and I just spent a lot of time thinking and praying about, like, who should be CEO and got all these, you know, different inputs. And we're all, you know, passionate about different parts of the business. And finally just dawned on us that, you know, while we were hesitant, you know, we didn't want to call ourselves co-presidents because that just didn't feel right. And I don't know, um, we don't honestly care that much. You can call us kind of whatever. Um, so maybe we are cheap, whatever, you know. Um, we wanted to, to collectively come together and really lean into how God had wired us. So for me, that's sales and operations and um, managing and leading people. And my sister Charlotte is on the marketing and the human resources. She's got the biggest heart. Uh, Gretchen, my other sister, has very um, has a public you know accounting background. So she's CFO and, and spends a lot of time around supply chain and just wanted to use our gifts together uh, and then lead the company together. And so that's kind of where we, we came into January of 2020. And uh, all the economic indicators for us were very, very positive, strong economy. Um, you know, the backlog looked incredible. And then this thing hit. And so we'll talk about the COVID thing here in a second. But, you know, to answer your question, um, we had been working and still are working on a um, strategic plan. And so the change is going to be subtle for us um, because we still believe in the core values that you know we've had around family integrity, service, and trust. Um, but we do want to lean into the um, realities of the plastics world that we live in currently, where there's you know depending on who you listen to, um, there is a lot of um, noise, if you will, around plastics injection molding and and all the above around recyclability and and sustainability. And we want to position our business, not only on the forefront of that, but also position it to thrive as some of this new technology around um, AI and, you know, that sort of stuff uh, becomes more prevalent here um, in the next, you know, five to 10 years. Um, Yeah. Well, sooner. Yeah. That speaking of AI, man, that's especially in the world of manufacturing, like again, just the, the speed in which that is increasing, like has got to be fascinating, right? I mean, how do you, let me ask you this uh, on another, as you mentioned that, how do you stay, like, how do you not become irrelevant, right? Like how do you as a leader stay ahead of that or even in the know of, you know, and especially industry like this where things are moving so quickly, like how do you really prepare and adapt um, in a changing environment? I'll answer that from a personal standpoint. Number one, I try to surround myself with people that are much more smarter than me. Um, so on our team, we have this young, uh, we have a young project manager who's morphed into a sales role, kind of hybrid role, um, but he is very fascinated about this stuff. And so, uh, you know, I pick his brain a lot and, um, you know, he's going back to get an advanced degree looking into this stuff. Hmm. Um, I also sit on a benchmarking group with 12 other uh, CEOs really. And, um, a couple of them are doing a lot of reading and we're really networking because we want to help each other succeed in the midst of a lot of change. Um, so I think that there is an educational element, uh, to this, 
uh, and then just, you know, the, that frankly never stops because this is constantly changing. I mean, if anything, this new COVID reality um, has, has done is it's accelerated this because uh, anytime that you go into a, to a recession, um, people are going to have the, the margin to try new things and they're going to try new things out of, out of necessity. And that's one of the message points that I had for our team early on is, you know, how can we innovate? How can we pivot? How can we become more relevant in the midst of this? Because this is a huge opportunity. Um, it's not often that, you know, you have this type of an unprecedented event where basically the world sits still for a few weeks right. and um, you're forced to recalibrate uh, in order to you know, maintain relevancy. Hmm. Interesting. I love that. Yeah. I mean, surrounding yourself with the right people, smarter people who are, you know, who are hungry and passionate about this as well. Uh, that's a great word. So let's talk about this idea a minute. And the thing that we really want to discuss today is, is the call of a leader really is what we, you know, is I guess what we're saying here because most of the folks who are listening to the show are in some form, you know, some type of leadership within their business. That could be a sales leader. Um, it could be a CEO. It could be the entrepreneur. They're leading their own small business. Uh, and I think for a while we all just kind of were holding our breath, waiting for a new normal or waiting to go back to normal, but realizing that that's probably not going to be the case for any industry, you know, across the world. It's just so interesting. Like I have a couple of virtual assistants in other countries and, you know, to think like, Hey, we're, you know, his son is still sitting in his, in his office because he's not at school either. And so it's like this incredible thing that's kind of connected anyway i'm getting off track here but you know what i mean like that this has affected everyone and so um normal is is no longer normal i guess and so what i want to talk about alex and maybe the question here is for you as a leader um what has shifted significantly either in message or in um i guess you know activity for you as one of the leaders of this company and the way that you're leading your team right now yeah, and that's a really good question because, um, you know, I'm, I, on March 13th, which is sort of the day that I kind of label in the Chicagoland area, and it could be different in California and elsewhere throughout the country to people who are listening to this, but March 13th, Friday the 13th, was sort of the day where this got real for us. You know, it had been real for me for a couple of weeks prior because we had a trade show in Vienna, uh, Austria, that I was going to be going to on Sunday the 15th. Um, you know, we have a product line that we've been promoting and selling in Europe and, and building a business there um, in terms of a partnership that we have with the company in Germany. Uh, and it was a lot of fun. I went to Europe, I think, eight or nine times last year. So obviously, all that's just ground to a halt. I mean, you can't, um, you know, even now, um, late in the summer, you can't uh, have that type of um, exposure with the exception of, you know, Zoom and other things. So, um, my, my job immediately morphed more from, you know, building the business uh, from an economic sales standpoint to building the business internally. And so what I mean with that is, um, you know, especially as a Christ follower, it, it sort of morphed more into a pastoral role because uh, I think the assumption when I went home, you know, that evening of March 13th was that, okay, we'll buckle down, it'll be a couple weeks. And by mid-April, things will be kind of back to normal. Uh, as the country found out, that just simply isn't the case. And right. you know, late in the summer, it's now more evident than ever that mm -hmm. it's not going to be the case anytime soon. So 
Um, you know, when I, you know, what I mean by leaning into more of a pastoral role meant um, we stayed open through this because we had a number of pieces of business that were deemed essential. And so I didn't work from home, even though I could with my job responsibilities. I came in, my sisters came in, we walked the floor. We wanted to make sure that our people early on felt that, you know, we weren't really scared, even though we were concerned. We've got, you know, as I mentioned earlier, wife and young kids, um, but we weren't scared of contracting the disease or, um, you know, um, getting exposed to it. Um, we wanted people to know that we were with them in the midst of this. Um, we also immediately implemented everything that we could from a safety standpoint. So uh, we implemented masks, you know, before there was a mandate to implement masks. We implemented uh, very quickly temperature checks uh, and, and did a, spent a lot of time researching what health experts were saying around that. And, you know, even though like, I might have my own views about, you know, masks and what have you. As a leader, I wanted to set the example on the front end of that. And so, um, you know, I was wearing a mask and walking around and trying to, you know, trying to lead by example from that standpoint. Um, so, uh, you know, there's just so much here that, you know, immediately I'm sure a lot of leaders were doing, uh, but we wanted to make sure that we, you know, we live by that core value of family and we were doing everything for our team from a family perspective. What is the message right now that you feel like your people need to hear? Like, what is the message you as a leader sharing with your folks that, um, that you think, you know, in your industry or just in business in general, you know, if you're leading a team, what is the message that you're promoting that you think other leaders should be sharing with their teams? Yeah. And, and, and so I, to me, it's a two pronged message. Um, you know, there's a lot of research around how often a leader's message needs to be heard for it to be taken real. Um, and, and I hear, you know, the research is, a, is about seven times. So you have to say something. And as a leader, you have to be willing to repeat yourself seven times um, for people to accept it, to own it, to believe it's not just another corporate, you know, piece of jargon. Uh, and so the two prong approach right now is number one, the most important thing in our working environment is the safety and health of every person here. And so there has to be a repetitive message around what that looks like. So if you're, if any sort of symptoms are around somebody, you shouldn't come in. You know, we'll, we'll take care of you. Don't worry about that, but don't come in. Um, you know, number two, wash your hands frequently. Number three, wear all your PPE. And so there's all sorts, you know, all the messaging there. Health and safety is a part of every communication piece right now because we're in a global pandemic. Number two, the other prong of the two-prong approach has to do with economic certainty. Um, everybody at the beginning of this was concerned because they turn on the news, they hear about the recession, they hear about what, what's happening at companies, you know, the, the poor results that you know, big, well-known companies like Starbucks you know, is reporting on the news. Um, and so we have tried to over communicate and, and maybe share too much um, with the masses in our building about where we stand specifically uh, with regards to orders, um, what we're doing, you know, around, 
you know, if we're taking any loans or, you know, and, and praise God, you know, I can tell you that we were approved for a PPP loan and we didn't take it because we didn't feel like um, we had to. And um, we've made money uh, every month, but one. And so we've been very, very blessed. I mean, the Lord has provided for us. And, and so, you know, I've even said, you know, while I can't speak for everybody in the company around you know, religious issues and we, we love and celebrate the freedom you know, of that here at Hopper Plastics, I do want to give thanks to the Lord because I believe that he provides and, and he has. And so, um, sorry to be long-winded on this answer, but the two-prong, health and safety and economic, because people in an uncertain environment need to be reminded of those things. They need to be reminded of the things that matter most to them. Yeah, no, I think, I think it, it lines up with your value of like family first and you can really bring people in to the family room you know in some ways as you're like communicating this for yeah. sure i i want to say this you know we in all of our corporate communications and and we were especially in march and april and may it was weekly maybe sometimes multiple times a week we said we declared um very proudly that our rally cry was to save as many jobs as possible to keep as i, I think we were phrased at one point to keep as many people employed as possible um, and, you know, I can tell everybody in the audience that our challenge with COVID from an, from an employment standpoint hasn't necessarily been around that because, again, we were blessed very early on because uh, a mix of our business became very busy in April uh, and leading into May. Um, and it pivoted to finding enough people to work, um, which is a whole other loaded story that, you know, people see on the news with the unemployment benefits. Um, so. We just continue to you know, repeat that message. Hey, at Hoffer, we're going to keep as many people employed as possible. We're going to keep as many people employed as possible. And so what that tells people is that, look, you know, I hear that company X over there is laying people off. You know, they're, they're, they're quote unquote handling their personnel problems, you know, that, that, that poor performer, and they're justifying it in the name of COVID. You know, we're not going to do that. Like, we're going to address those performance issues because that's what leaders do. But we're not going to, you know, be a, um, you know, a leader that lacks courage in having those harder conversations and then justify a layoff because it's, oh, it's COVID and everyone else is doing it. That's not us. We're going to keep as many people employed as possible. I love that. Um, man, it's two things I want to I ask you here. I want to go back to something you said. I think this could be really helpful. We've not talked about this, but I know how much thought and prayer you've probably put in this conversation about taking or not taking the PPP loan. And you said that you didn't take it, even though you got approved. Uh, I think most people probably don't think or have not thought about, I shouldn't say that. Let me just ask you this question. Why didn't you take the money, <laughs> right? Like if it's there, even though you didn't need it, what was the thought process of saying, hey, you know, even though it's being offered to us at, you know, one or two or 3% interest, yeah. almost free money, you decided not to take that. Wouldn't it seem, and, and here's my devil's advocate, why not just put it, you know, store it up so that you could use it whenever you needed it, right? At 3% interest. What, what was the thought process there to say, hey, we're not going to take this? So um, in order to, to answer that question appropriately, and, and I want to make sure the listeners hear this, um, the PPP loan um, came out very, very quickly. Uh, and then there was a lot of conversation and haggling and changing after the fact. Um, 
So I, I want to say what I'm about to say with a ton of grace because there are mega churches that took PPP loans. There are businesses, friends of mine that took them. And there's a lot of good reasons to take a PPP loan. Um, to answer your question, Alice, um, my sisters and I thought about it and prayed about it. Um, we were being consulted by uh, one of our, well, frankly, our tax attorney. We were concerned about some of the chatter at the time around audits and specifically about retained earnings and things of that nature that as a private business, you know, we, you know, just don't want to, we don't want to go down that path with uh, the federal government. Um, having said that, we always viewed this as a loan that we were going to have to pay back. And so um, if I can be, you know, so bold, my grandfather, God bless, you know, God bless him. You know, he's kept this business debt-free since the early 1960s. My dad has continued that along with his siblings. And now we, we sort of feel like that's part of who we are from a, from a core value, from an ownership standpoint. Um, so there's all of that. But here's the, here's, the, here's the big deal. We were sitting in our main conference room when we were trying to decide. We were weighing all the pros and cons. And, and at that time, we didn't know that we'd make money in May and June. We, 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 we saw some good things, you know, trending that way, but we couldn't know you for sure. Um, and it finally just dawned on us and we said, look, uh, and, and again, please hear this from the context of like, this is just us. This isn't, you know, I'm not being judgmental towards anybody who took the money. Okay. Um, but for us, we said, you know, are we going to trust God in this situation or, or are we going to trust the federal government? And it was sort of this moment for us where we could draw a line in the sand. And, um, you know, for us, given our economic situation and, and all the other, you know, can't go into all the details on a podcast, but for us in that moment, we felt called to, to say that, hey, look, we're going to hold hands and we're going to trust God here. And we're just going to go forward with that. And that's I, not... Yeah, no, I really appreciate that. And I, I don't, I mean, I don't think you offend anybody in saying that what I, why I asked that question and, and you proved to be true in this. I think there's such a thoughtfulness and prayerfulness about whether to take it, and it you know, regardless of take it or not, I don't think it's good or evil. I think what I was trying to pull out there is just like helping our audience see, like even a decision, like, should I take a PPP loan? Like we can still go to God in that, right? Like he still wants to Amen, give man. wisdom and understanding in that. And so I just think it's so, so powerful, man, that you guys sat and just intentionally thought. Because um, I know me, like I'll just be honest with our listenership. You know, the first time it came around, like it was like, oh, yeah, I'll apply. And then I heard another f- person actually in our mastermind even just ask the question, well, should I take it? And, and it hit me like, man, I never even asked that question early on, right? Like I never even thought what you know what where is god leading in this and so i was guilty of that early on again not good or evil if you take it or not but just the decision in itself of like bringing god into that so i appreciate your leadership in that man I well just, and one comment to that though that that i find interesting in your story is that you are in a mastermind group and so my sisters and i all have those sorts of groups and where we're processing this stuff together because there is a danger for a leader that is traveling down the road alone So I would encourage all leaders, especially right now, make sure you're surrounding yourself with like-minded, like-minded people. And for a Christ follower, that's somebody with a biblical worldview. And so I could look at my executive coach via Zoom, who 
happens to work for Dave Ramsey and, and get a very Dave Ramsey type response here on a PPP loan, you know? So, um, you know, and I appreciate that. That doesn't mean I, I have to necessarily take that piece of advice, but, you know, you know, it's a advice coming from another Christ follower who has a biblical worldview who's, you know, further advanced than I am when it comes to, you know, finances and personal finances, that sort of thing. So yeah. um, be willing to be, you know, to be taught is what I'm getting. 100%. I mean, I, I don't think, I don't know a CEO that's come on this show who's having massive success and isn't surrounding themselves with other like-minded, more advanced people. Um, Amen. So we have a mastermind for real estate investors called Kingdom Capitalist. You can uh, go to uh, oneconnectionaway.com to learn more about that. So thanks for the free pitch there, Alex. Um, <laughs> hey, last, last thought here. This feels a lot like you know, I think of David as a young man, you know, and it talks about him going to the field and learning to protect his sheep, you know, and fighting off the lions and the bears and then facing Goliath. And we look at David and say, man, like, I mean, he was clearly anointed by God and that was an act of God in itself, but there was a real preparation on David's part, right. As a leader early on in his life. And so for you and maybe how this applies to our audience as well, you know, this is a time, I mean, for us that I hope that God has been preparing in us to, to really lead, you know, especially the, the audience of this show. How have you seen that? How have you seen maybe, how have you seen that to be true where you say, man, God has been preparing me for this time. I can walk in confidence knowing that I am ready for such a time as this. I guess it's an excellent question. Um, I looked at my wife early on in this whole deal and I said, look, you know, I, I'm a reader, so I read a lot and um, I've read, you know, hundreds of books in the last 10 years. Um, and I looked at her and I said, you know, all the conferences, all the, um, you know, the coaching that I've received, all the books that I've read, I feel like that it's led me to this, that God was getting me ready the last 10 plus years for a moment such as this, where, okay, it's go time, it's game time, and it's time to do all the things that you've, you've, you've heard about, because uh, a leader is a fancy word, you know, and, and um, I believe in, you know, there's a gazillion definitions for who a leader is. I, I sort of boil it down. A leader is just simply someone worth following, because they don't need a title. I mean, anybody in the organization can lead, you don't need to be CEO. I mean, I hope and pray that we have leaders uh, on the production floor and everywhere, you know, in the entire organization, because a leader is, as John Maxwell would say, is always about influence. It's someone who has that influence. And so I've learned a lot through the last 12 years, but COVID was an opportunity to put it into practice and, and do things. Um, one of the questions I ask myself often, especially in this new role. So since January, when I was, you know, fancy title, whatever, um, what are the things the organization's asking me to do that, that I don't really want to do and that perhaps aren't going to be fun, they're going to be messy and dirty, you know, probably going to involve some difficult conversations. It's probably going to involve some awkwardness around, you know, even affirming somebody because, you know, I'm a guy and, 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 and getting into the touchy-feely stuff but all of that is what makes an organization thrive and succeed and, 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 and position itself 
you know, economically when things improve. And those are the sorts of things that I'm doing. And so, you know, that means having the conversation with, um, there's somebody on our floor, this lady who's been on our team for 50 years. And I just, it makes my day. I see her at about 1.15 every, every afternoon um, where I just talk to her for a minute and just, um, I ask her, I'm like, you know, how are things out here in her plant? And, you know, what can I be doing better? What can we be doing better? And, you know, and she just has a gentle spirit and a gentle heart. And, and it's one of countless examples of how just walking around and seeing people and meeting people where they are, especially in, you know, in a time and place where uh, social distancing is rightfully, you know, a thing because of this pandemic. Uh, and, and, and that's good. But, you know, as I remind people that we shouldn't be physically distant because people still need, you know, touch. And maybe that's a fist bump instead of a handshake. Fine. Maybe you have to wash your hands afterwards. Fine. But take those chances because God created us to be relational beings. And I view it as a calling, especially right now, to be using whatever influence I have to impart that on people and help their days improve. Oh, man, I love that. Because my next question was going to be like, hey, what, and, and I'll still ask it, but I'll ask it on a different front. What are the opportunities that you see out there right now from a relational level? I think that's so ideal. Just the opportunity for relationships, man. The opportunity for us to um, be Christ for our employees or for our leadership team. And a fist bump can go a long ways, right? Where um, just so amazing. I walk down the street and how it feels uh i don't know if you get too close to someone they look at you like you're not human anymore you know what i mean and it's just like wow how quick we've turned and how quick we've forgotten you know like um the shared humanity that we have uh and we're so fearful of, of a virus that it, it keeps us from um from being human <laughs> right yeah. from from having from really valuing that so Anyways, I think that's that's right on, man. Last question here, then. Just, I'm curious, as Kingdom Capitalist show, what opportunities do you see out there right now? You know, is is where you stand, and maybe just even in your industry, like, yeah. what are the opportunities out there that you that you are excited about, or that you're looking into that that we might be able to learn from? Yeah, so I'm very excited um, because there's uh, there's tons of opportunities, and to me, for us in a plastic standpoint. Um, there was a lot of legislation going on going on around single-use plastics last year, and uh, rightfully so. Like we are against um, consumers uh, disposing of plastics in ways that are that are not good for the environment. Um, we are against all that. We want to make sure that our communities are clean of plastic waste. We're all for that. Um, having said that, it's amazing how much plastic uh, is in hospitals, saving people's lives as we battle through this. Whether you look at ventilators, um, that comes to mind. We quoted on a couple projects early on. Unfortunately, none of that came to fruition. Um, but one of our fastest growing customers is a medical um, company that really handles, you know, the non-invasive type stuff um, that isn't so much happening, you know, as COVID's going on right now. But at some point, you know, there's a value to all that. Um, so there's opportunities, especially with the aging population from a medical standpoint, um, and that's exciting. Um, we're excited about uh, flexible packaging because if you look at, um, while flexible packaging isn't necessarily, um, you know, perfect for the environment, nothing is um, from a 
from from this standpoint, it is a step in the right right direction from rigid plastics, um, especially as you look at uh, the the trend around COVID and cleanliness being such a huge um, focus point, and and it should have been prior to, um, but that's one of the huge benefits of single serve uh, plastic. You know, my wife can hand out applesauce applesauce pouches at a um, kid's baseball game and kids can safely take the cap off, you know, eat the product. We can dispose of the pouches the right way and it's safe, it's clean. You know, you're not handing, um, your kids aren't being exposed to things. So we're excited about that. Um, I'm excited kind of from a nerdy standpoint around electron, electric vehicles and what's happening there. We've got some products uh, in our automotive side of our business that's addressing that. and. Um, you know, I think that's another area where plastics can help bring fuel economies, you know, in, into the right spot. And at some point soon, I think we're all going to be driving electric vehicles, which would be a good thing. And, and you know, there's probably some infrastructure spending that needs to happen uh, domestically for that to take place because um, there's not enough charging stations. And this is going to happen overnight, but 10 years, 15 years from now, which will be here quickly, um, it, I think there's a, there's a great possibility for that. And, and as a country, we can, you know, not necessarily rely as heavily on, um, on oil, and, and, and that could be a good thing for us. So, um, I, you know, long-winded answer. I apologize, but there's so many things here. Yeah, so good. You know, and we're not doing anything in aerospace right now. But you look at what Elon, Elon Musk is doing, and, and there's a lot of plastic going up, you know, to you know, to outer space and, <laughs> and opportunity there. So, um, so we're looking at, you know, those sorts of things. Uh, that would position for, for the future. And it just seems like, you know, we're at the tip of the iceberg. There's That's really cool, man. That's really cool here. to hear just see what you're seeing on your side in the industry as well. I love that. Well, how can our uh, our folks, if they want to learn more about you, your company, I mean, I know that you have spoken on a several, you know, several different occasions about, you know, even, uh, I mean, we didn't even get into this, but, uh, this idea of plastic, you know, I know that's a controversial topic, but you're really passionate about it and you see the, you know, the, the, like even we just mentioned the redeemable side of it as well. So where can they go to learn more about you, your company, even your vision for what you're building? Yeah. So the company website, hofferplastics.com is probably the place, you know, we have some videos on YouTube as well. Um, you can, you can follow us on Facebook and LinkedIn and all that good stuff. Me personally, I write a blog, uh, called baldinbusiness.com. I'm a, um, very proud of the, uh, you know, the bald head I have that God gave me. And so I'm leaning into that uh, and really just want to encourage people there. Uh, so short posts, about 350 words. You can read it in about two to three minutes uh, that are aimed every Monday morning to give you a little bit of encouragement as you face the week ahead. I love that bald in business and brother, you are as bald as they come. So I think it fits the, <laughs> it fits hey man, the image, man. 20 years. So a lot of our listeners can be jealous of that. <laughs> hey, I really enjoyed today, man. I'm grateful that you came on and took some time to really speak to our audience. I, I love, uh, you know, what God is doing through you and your company and the way that you're really taking care of people. And, um, even the way that, you know, you're advancing the kingdom of God, through an industry uh, of manufacturing and plastic. So I just love the, the uh, example that you set for all of us. Say, hey, there is a way to um, advance God's kingdom in any industry. And so thanks, man, for your message. 
Well, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And I just encourage every, every Christ follower, let's just be you know, the hands and feet of Jesus. This country and this world needs it. And there's no better hope. Absolutely. Everyone, uh, this show, man, I, I love being the host of it. It goes such a long way. I would ask you to do your part today in sharing this show on social media, taking a screenshot, going to LinkedIn and just posting, leaving a helpful thought and make sure you tag me and tag Alex um, there so that we can interact with you and we can see your posts. We'd love to hear your feedback. So uh, we want to continue to make this an excellent show, but we really need your support to continue to be able to do that. So um, if you would just take a few minutes to screenshot and share this message, it really goes a long way. Grateful for you. We'll see you next week. Cheers. Hey, I hope you enjoyed this show today. If you want to learn more about our community, you're going to want to visit us at kingdomcapitalist.co. There you can find info on our private mastermind and even subscribe to our newsletter to get updates on new shows. And last but not least, land opportunities to get private trainings and coaching calls with the guests of this show. If you're enjoying this show, please take a minute to leave us a five-star review and also share this with a friend. We'll see you next time.